Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. This is John Katsimatidis and it's a 5 o'clock show and... And I tell you, we got a lot of news today and so many things happening. Uh, in the studio, we have no, we have zero Republicans. Uh, we have two common sense, uh, Democrats. We have Judge Richard Weinberg and we have Governor David Patterson. What happened to all the Republicans today? We scared it's them a, off. They it's took a Republican the day off. off. What's the story? It's a Republican holiday. It's empty. It's a Republican <laughs> holiday. I mean, uh, my God, and uh, on my right, we have uh, Rita Cosby. How are you, Rita? I'm doing great. And by the way, to add to that, also, John, we have RFK Jr. joining us, who is joining Robert Kennedy Exactly. Another hear, Democrat. <laughs> I hear another Democrat. I hear he's up to 19%. Uh, on uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, a new poll came out. He was 13% when he announced that he was running, and now he's 19%. He is inching up. He's going to be right here on Cats and Cosby. And I understand Governor Jim McGreevy uh, is going to come on from New Jersey. Uh, Governor Wait, that's McGreevy. another Democrat. We've another got, it's, Democrat. It's a full house here. It well, we got to make up for Trump yesterday for having a uh, Trump for 40 minutes. <laughs> and by the way, everybody is talking about that big interview. And in fact, I, when I woke up today, I saw it all over the place, John, talking about how he said he doesn't feel he needs to do a primary debate because he's 40 pro- points up. So it's making tons of headlines, John. Well, if so that I was, was a 40 good one. points up, I wouldn't do a debate either. I would maybe, I'd maybe go to the bunker. Governor, Governor, <laughs> Governor Patterson, if you were 40 points up, why waste your time on a debate? Well, it, you, you at least want the public to know that you're not afraid of anybody. And if you're 40 points up, you probably have good reason not to. But uh, I was up in most of the races I ever ran, and I always debated the people, even when there were like 12 people in the room and the uh, candidate – the Republican candidate in my district was getting like nine percent every year, but I would still do it because it's part of it's part of the way we vote and the way we live. Because yeah, you like debating, you're a no, good debater. No, the governor, when he was a member of the state senate, was known as a legendary debater. There's nobody better in the state senate See? than David Patterson. So I knew for that. him it was the, exercise. The only time I really was frozen in a debate once was that uh, my Republican candidate said that I never. Uh, veered from anything the democratic party did so i named three things i did and he said is that really true and i said yes he goes well then maybe i'll vote for you oh that's a good moment <laughs> that's why we, we love having you on the show you're a good debater now, here I in studio. We have, uh, we've got congressman on the phone we have a republican we're mixing it up a little here we've got congressman ryan zinke of course former secretary of interior and also big into now fighting President Biden's EV push. This is stunning that apparently he wants electric vehicles for the military. <laughs> My goodness. Congressman, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. This is Rita Cosby. Wonderful to have you here. Great to be with you. And Big John, I miss you. Why don't you come out to Montana this summer? Well, Montana, I'll tell you, uh, Larry Kudlow loves to talk about Montana. I think his wife is from there or something. And he says you could drive from Montana for three hours and run into nothing. 
Montana's the same size as Washington, D.C. to Chicago, plus two miles. There, there you have it. <laughs> I love Montana. You know, with, with this Biden EV thing, all right, it's just the moment we get energy independence, the moment we achieve that, and that's been a national goal since, you know, Carter and the OPEC, right? All of a sudden, Biden does a turn and say, you know what? We're going to go EV, but we're going to do it before we have control of the supply chain or how to dispose of it. And so all of a sudden, we're running to be more dependent on China for our energy. It is unbelievable. If we have a war with China, uh, does that mean they're going to give us our energy anyway? Well, you know, you know, you know, we're a lot more dependent on China than what we'd like. I mean, and not only EV, this is this is the batteries and the and the solar cells, but also things like pharmaceuticals. Ninety eight percent of our minerals. antibiotics. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, before we go into energy, which is the key to everything. You know, when you have low-cost energy, you can manufacture. We can manufacture in this country, you know, forever if we have low cost. But when everything's subsidized and you're pushing, you're pushing, it's like a religion. You're pushing this EV. We don't know, you know, where we're going to get the resources. And here's a, here's a shocking statistic, is that it would take increase of mining 2,000% for 20 years to catch up on the demand today on these critical minerals and and battery components that are driving the EV economy. Well, you know, I want to ask you, Congressman, about what we just said here about the military, that the Biden administration would ask the military to basically go EV or mandate it. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to be in the middle of the desert and say, oh, we got to plug in our uh, electric vehicle. This is stupid. Well, Rita, this is this is from the same administration, the secretary of Navy of the Navy said his number one priority is what? Global climate change. You know, does, does he not see China? Does he not, not see I, that China, Iran, and Russia are doing joint exercises in, in the Middle East now? I mean, so the, the number one priority, the number one concern and priority is, 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 is climate change. Come on. Uh, we we, we, we got we to bring our head up. And, and and look at the threats they are. I'm all about clean energy, but every type of energy has a consequence. And to push the, the military into, into buying into this, this same idea, you know, puts national security at risk. Well, no question. Congressman Judge Richard Weinberg, welcome to the show, sir. Another problem, which I read about in today's Wall Street Journal, is that there's one factory that produced gunpowder which uh, had a fire two years ago, has not been replaced. So we don't even have the ability to manufacture our own gunpowder. What do we do about that? Well, you know, it's not only gunpowder. Uh, on critical minerals, you know, it's no secret. Uh, germanium, for instance, is used for all our high-end optics on thermo and laser, and the U.S. doesn't have any of it. We have to send China our specs are specs so china can grow the crystals and send it back so on on gunpowder and munitions we're running we're running our stockpiles down and dangerous with, without a plan in ukraine right and you know you you walk the walk on on our, our foreign policy which is a disaster congressman uh i had uh lunch today with a very high up uh, uh person in canada and he just happened to mention that our uranium is running low. 
Have you heard that at all? Um, John, I can give you a horrifying list of critical minerals uh, that the United States, I, I think the statistic is China controls either directly or indirectly the supply chain of about 70 percent of our of our critical minerals uh, to to include those that are necessary for a nuclear stockpile, either either China or Russia. Wow. Right? And, and so Spectre is at work. Is, it, is that the well, word we used in the, the James, James Bond, Bond movie? James Bond. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and it's fixable, but, but look, yeah, I haven't seen anything actually is not fixable. We're, we're, a great, we're a great country, so we, we can take a deep breath on that and pat ourselves on the back that the problems before us are fixable. But we're, we're going to have to address them uh, because they are daunting. And, you know, I know, I know you have a, a, you know, a mixed group, but I can tell you on, on uh, the way I look at the country a lot of times is, you know, there's two oars rowing this country. And I will say I'm the right oar. But I do recognize there's a left oar. Uh, and if you just use one oar all the time, the boat goes in circles. So it looks like our country is going right circle, left circle. Uh, in order to face the challenges, we need, we need to row together a little. And it can't be for the tips. Uh, bo- both sides better start rowing together because we're, we're facing some very daunting challenges. One thousand percent. And everybody, we're talking to Congressman Ryan Zinke, former Secretary of the Interior. You know, I, I want to ask you, you also met with Taiwan's president. Um, how do you think this our president is handling what may be a huge issue. I mean, we talked about the military with EVs, but what about the potential of what China may do underneath what as many people see as a weak President Biden, especially on foreign policy? Well, and and the weakness how safe started with Afghanistan. Uh, That was such a debacle, colossal failure. Uh, that it led to pause. It probably gave Putin the green light to advance in the Ukraine. And then with China, uh, you know, we are so far out of position in logistics and fuel. Uh, meeting with the, with the president of Taiwan, that, that was important. Uh, Speaker McCarthy, he, he doesn't have to get permission from China who he meets, nor should he. But I think on, on Taiwan, uh, we should deliver the arms and ammunition and help that they've already purchased there. We're, we're slow. And, and we need to coordinate with our allies. I mean, when our allies don't trust us, I mean, you look at Australia. You know, we, we surged uh, capability soon to have you know, submarines, and, and their prime minister says unequivocally, I think was the quote, that, that, that don't, don't think these, this is a commitment to go to war uh, you know, for Taiwan. So, you know, our allies in, in, in the region, uh, we need to shore up, and, and you do that by leading. But also, you know, we, do, we need to do a lot better on, on our economic ties in that region because China's the big gun, you know, trade-wise, and, and we need to compete. And, and how do we compete? Low energy costs. we got to pay our people more in labor that we should. Innovation, but we need to be out in front on both, both our, our force projection capabilities and trade. But, uh, Congressman, how how do we turn this country around in the next year and a half while you still have a Biden administration? Because it seems to me they're going to take advantage of what they perceive to be a weak president. And what do we do well, now to, to bring us back? It, well, I tell you, the vote yesterday uh, was far more significant than most people looked at. And it was about the debt, right? And we're not going to give a clean uh, debt ability for this administration to, to keep spending. So what we brought forth, the markets love it. It, it, it makes sense. It's get America back to work. 
You know, a shocking statistic, males, by the way, John, 18 to 45. Males, 18 to 45. About a third are out of the workforce. And I, when I say out of the workforce, no W-2, no 1099. So they're either cash business, they're on the couch, or they're incarcerated. And America's got to get back to work. Uh, and and we got to eliminate the 87 IRS troopers that were coming our way. And why haven't and, and we put the, them... Why have we taken that money instead of the IRS people and put it on the border to protect our border, Congressman? Well, here it comes, because, because now we have control of the House. And in many ways, the House is the last line of freedom. But that little Constitution is a wonderful thing, John. And, you know, our founding fathers were clever, and they put up front in Article 1, way up front, that no money should be withdrawn from the Treasury without consequence of appropriations by Congress by law. So we're going back to appropriations, John, because everything should be looked at. And when this administration makes these priorities in global warming over protection of our citizens or, or, or things that, that leaving, running away from Sudan, you know, they got the embassy out. But what about the people, they, the, the U.S. You know, citizens they left behind? This, this has become a pattern with this administration. Remember, they, they pulled out of Afghanistan, John. It's happening in Sudan. It's happening. They pulled out the embassy people out of Sudan and they left the Americans there again. Yeah, 16,000, John. I mean, that's an amazing number. Well, well, and and remember, Afghanistan, they not only locked the gates shut, they welded the gates shut and knowingly and willingly left thousands of U.S. citizens in Afghanistan while they were stoning to death female pilots that we trained. And they they were hanging interpreters out of helicopters and now and now in sudan they pull the embassy staff god bless them you know they, they work hard out in the middle of the night but they but they abandon and they and they and they, and they hang out to dry uh, american citizens i mean what's the purpose of our embassies one of them is to protect our citizens yeah absolutely congressman thank you for coming on and we'll talk again real soon i enjoy talking to you and i want to visit montana too Will you take uh, us with you? Absolutely, <laughs> and, and, and Rita, come along. I'd love to see you both. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you so much. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back... We're talking 5G towers. Yes, the 5G towers that WABC was the first one to break, that they were going to put it 10 feet away from you, uh, and uh, we were all going to get zonked. I was going to say well, our hair would be standing up, right? <laughs> let's take that break, and we'll come back. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. So, Rita, what's happening to those 5G antennas? Are they going to be pointed at us? Well, all I keep thinking about, the governor and I were talking in the break of Patterson. It's like, uh, what, uh, like back to the future with the mad scientists. <laughs> And uh, some people are fighting the good fight. You are, by the way, leading the good fight, John. you got to give everybody the history, sort of how you brought attention to it. Well, uh, we read about it, and uh, we had complaints about the WABC that they were going to put 5G antennas on Madison Avenue 10 feet away from uh, kids' uh, windows. windows. Crazy. And Crazy. Uh, according to that independent study done in New Hampshire, they're supposed to be three – one – wait, wait, wait. 1,560 feet away from human beings. That's right. Wow. Because they don't know the science. I mean, they don't know the effects. Well, well they said the effects were not good if it was no, closer to no, 1,560 feet. That's what I'm saying. So why would you risk it? I mean, right. it is crazy. Well, on the line with us, uh, we have council member uh, Keith, Keith Powers. Powers. Keith, Keith Powers. What the heck is going on? 
We're stopping it, or we're trying our best. Bravo, bravo, we're applauding, bravo. Have me on here. Look, we have uh, some good news this week as we, the FCC has weighed in here and said that there's a lot more review that needs to happen and that until that happens, they have to stop and slow down the progress of these. At the city level, I've been working with colleagues in the, on the Upper East Side to make sure that uh, we do everything we can to stop these. In addition to where the proximity to the buildings, they're just a giant eyesore. And whether you're in down in these village where there are some of them are up or you're uh, seeing them in other areas, they, they totally stick out. And uh, I've heard from, you know, constituents across my district on the Upper East Side are resounding no to them. So we're working very hard to make sure that um, we can slow this down and that we can stop them from going in. How could it even be there? I mean, to John's point about right by the kids, when it just seems unbelievable that they would actually do that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's uh, they, they deserve a lot of review. We put in feedback into the process when they had the hearing to state all of our concerns with them. They're they're just ugly. It feels like they're trying to be a revenue raiser for the city on a contract that's been losing money with the Lincoln YC ones. The good news is on the Upper East Side, they're a historic district, so there's some different regulations they have to follow, and they've changed the amount they're going to put in so far. But the ruling from the FCC this week gives a lot more grounds for us to uh, be able to slow the process down and hopefully not get them. And simply also, you know, they're doing it one neighbor at a time, and the Upper East Side seems to be uh, the real big one of the big starting points for it. So, like, let's see the whole plan, and then we can decide where they should go and. Uh, we don't want to be the first ones out of the gate and then, you know, be told that they don't have to go anywhere else. That would be ridiculous. Keith, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Uh, you and I were working together on, on making this fight and bring this to attention after John, John raised the issue here on WABC. Can you say with some degree of confidence that it'll be slowed down to such an extent that they'll even take into consideration the public safety issue, that 1,560 uh, feet away from uh, from residents? Yeah, and thank you guys for your advocacy, and, and Richard, and I used to always uh, hear from you and uh, appreciate your advocacy on this and raising this with us. Yeah, look, we want them to be in – if they have to go anywhere, we want them places where they're safe and that they're not going to be either an obstacle or obstruction or a concern or a risk to anybody. And so even as you go through this process, our first answer, of course, is no, we don't want them. And then if there was ever to be a process where they had to put them in, we want to be at the table discussing exactly where to go and what that – what the risks or what the concerns might be from the community. And, but I think we're at a point right now where we have some, you know, we've made some good progress on, on the front of slowing down or even stopping it. Uh, historic districts are an even entirely different uh, beast here as well because of the sort of aesthetic of them versus the surrounding neighborhood. So look, we're doing everything we can. I'm really glad to have the borough president and my other colleagues who have joined. I also gave it to right uh the, the mayor's assistant, uh, Ingrid, uh, and she has a copy of the report from New Hampshire, uh, saying that, uh, independent, uh, you know, both parties, uh, 1,560 feet away from human beings. Mm. Yeah, look, we've, I've spoken to the mayor directly about it as well. Uh, they know what my concerns, they know the community's concerns. I was on a town hall with the folks in Carnegie Hill, uh, and I relayed all those concerns to their office. So, while that whole conversation is going on, we had this letter that Congresswoman Nadler did to the FCC, which they replied with some some progress uh, or, or some updates, I'd say. So, I, you know, 
we never say never. We never say anything's over. That's good news. We're going to yeah. keep doing what we have to do at the city to stop stop the 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 fight. You know, to continue the fight here. And uh, I've heard pretty. I, I'll just tell you, I go to events. I was at dinner. I I hear from constituents who stop me wherever I go and say, I don't want these on the Upper East Side, and I'm doing everything I can to make sure that their voice is heard. Uh, Governor Patterson, you had one last thing to go. Uh, Council member, thank you for your service and your work here. And I'm really happy to see that when environmental hazards arise in communities around the city, that they're being shut down as opposed to what used to happen. And then when they would just move to other neighborhoods that didn't have the political uh, acumen to fight back. Yeah, I appreciate that. And by the way, there's other neighborhoods, too, that are neighborhoods that are are uh, throughout the throughout Manhattan, throughout the city that have had to raise a similar concerns. If you look at the map, you see where they're going. They're going start, start in, starting in different neighborhoods, but this is going to be a rollout citywide. So I, I think we also should have a better understanding of where this is all going. We know technology changes quickly, so are we going to see a different version of this any time in the future? We don't know, but um, but we're, we're doing everything we can. We want to make sure the constituents on the Upper East Side have a voice. We want to make sure constituents in any district have a voice around what their uh, environmental Bravo, Councilman. Thank you. Councilmember uh, Keith Powers, thank you. Stay on top of it, and we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And now we have Governor Jim McGreevy on exactly, the phone. Exactly. Former New he, Jersey governor. And he's concerned about a few things. Uh, governor, tell us what you're concerned about. Thank you, John, and, and Rita and Richard, and thank you, uh, Governor Patterson. You know, John, you know, we've talked about this in the past. These are these young veterans. And if you look at the statistics, highest degree of suicide, highest degree of homelessness, highest degree of mental illness, these veterans that are coming home and not getting these services. And one of these one of these young veterans is, is a young guy. He's from Barnegat, New Jersey, signed up for the Marine Corps, sent to Japan. And, and basically, he was at the, the Marine Corps base in, in Mount Fuji. And what happened is that there was a terrible earthquake, then tsunami, and it knocked out these nuclear facilities. And then the U.S. Embassy sent these Marines down there to clean up the site and candidly exposed them, John, to vast amounts of radiation. All these kids had on their on their lapels were Geiger counters, uh, no jackets, no protective gear, exposed to huge amounts of radiation. And then what happened for this young guy, as many of his generation do and and did, uh, you know, Darren started drinking and some some drugs. And I'm not condoning it, but you know, he's he's not that much different from anybody else in terms of his generation. I mean, he felt this radiation. He felt that his body was uneven. The Marines discharge him, and, and I get that because the Corps has their standards. But then he comes home, and the VA gives benefits, John, not based on what you need, not based on the fact that he was exposed to all this radiation and now has bone cancer and cancer in his lymph nodes and riddled throughout his body, but based on his discharge status. And if I can, he got something called other than honorable, OTH. So there's, you know, honorable discharge, general discharge, OTH, and then, you know, bad conduct and dishonorable. So it's not bad, but because he had this problem with alcohol and drugs, he got OTH. 
And now the, the poor the, the poor young guy, you know, he's got a young daughter. He's got a son. And, um, and, and who are you on top of this case? I mean, it sounds like yeah, this is no, an unfair he's, he's one of the cases we're working. Thanks, John. He's one of the cases that we're working with with New Jersey reentry. And what we're trying to do for this young this young Marine is get what they call a discharge upgrade, which means that, you know, he'd get benefits, he'd get pension. But I mean, the, the sad reality is that even his doctor, who is a recognized oncologist, Dr. Naylor at Hackensack Meridian, said there's a link between his cancer and his deployment in Japan. And if I could just quote, he said there's a clear link between exposure to nuclear radiation and the development of melanoma. Now, the doctor wrote this in March 29th. He said nuclear radiation is a type of ionizing radiation that is produced by decay of radioactive isotopes, such as those found in nuclear reactors or weapons. So, so the point is, is this young fellow signed up for the United States Marine Corps, put the uniform on, squared away, served his nation. He went into Japan. And the reality is, is that after the Fukushima power plant was hit by a massive tsunami, it triggered a, a, a major nuclear accident. And what happened is this young fellow was told to go down there to clean up without the proper gear. Wow. And now he's faced with cancer throughout his body. Well, we got to help him. I wanted to make a plug, and I appreciate it. Governor, um, would you stay on top of this and, yes. and, and keep WABC informed? Yeah. And if we and have John, to go to the yeah. next step, we want to go yeah. to the next step. And, yeah, let us know how we can yeah, help, he has Governor. a GoFundMe page. And if I can, it's, he has a GoFundMe page, and his name is Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, Darren Chambers. Last name is C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S. Young Marine, he's got a picture of the, of the nuclear power plant, of what they were cleaning up. He's got a picture of his young daughter. But candidly, John, he's trying to pay his medical bills. He's trying to pay his food bills. This is a guy who proudly served the Marines. Made wow. some mistakes, admittedly, but you know, but for his service, he wouldn't be in this darn position. And we're asking folks throughout the New York, New Jersey area to help out this young guy. You know, try to help him with his bills in a really difficult time. And you've always been there, you and Margo. And I just, from my heart, I just want to say thank you to you and to Rita and to Richard and to Governor Patterson because it's it's people's generosity who's going to help this young man stay one step away um, from the wolf's door. By the way, I want to repeat it again, too, John. It's Darren Chambers, and it's a GoFundMe page, everybody. Former Marine, check it out. Um, and obviously, everybody, do what you can. Thank you, Governor McGreevy, and thank you. Keep us informed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Darren. God thank bless you. you. God Thanks, bless. Thank and, you. And uh, let's go to Lou Dobbs now to find out what the heck happened in the market. It was up like 500 points today. And after that... Uh, RFK, too, coming oh, up. Oh, we have Robert Kennedy coming up to find out he's at 19%. And also and uh, the Virginia West Virginia Attorney General, Patrick. For governor. Yes. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. Well, our next guest is leading the fight against the EPA and the deep state. I mean, he is spearheading it and galvanizing attorneys general around the country. He has also now announced that he is running for governor of West Virginia. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby is the current attorney general of West Virginia, Pat Morrissey. Great to have you here. This is Rita Cosby with the great John Katzenmatidis and also Judge Richard Weinberg and also former New York Governor David Patterson. Great to have you here, Mr. Attorney General. Well, it is absolutely wonderful to be on with you today. So thanks so much, Rita and John and Judge and and Governor. And I guess you could add Attorney General and future Governor. So we got quite a caption today. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, tell us because well you're running. You're running. Tell us about that. I'll tell you, it's an exciting time because you guys have followed. And, and by the way, I want to thank you. You've had me on your show a couple of times. I think we most recently were on after we won the big West Virginia BEPA case where we really stuck it to the deep state. And we sent a message that these unelected bureaucrats are not going to be able to issue uh, fundamental nation transforming rules uh, at a minimum without not, without getting the approval of Congress the clear delegation from Congress. So uh, I know that in recent months, I've been given a lot of thought to the best way I can serve the citizens of West Virginia and our country. I thought in the governor's mansion, I'm going to be able to do so much good as the attorney general of West Virginia. We've won huge fights uh, for our state and for our country, protecting jobs and keeping the, the crazy federal overreach and woke ideas out of our state and our country. And I just think we're now well positioned with the proven conservative to lead in West Virginia and get big things done that help our standard of living and to grow our workforce and to uh, help our economy, improve our education and send a message to this Biden administration that West Virginia is not going to go quietly into the night. We're going to keep leading these big multi-state red coalitions and we're going to win and we're going to have a great influence and positive impact on our country. Pat, it's uh, Richard Weinberg. Good to have you back on the show again. I have to tell you, <laughs> you have to be commended for your fight against the EPA and their, their overreach. And you're absolutely right. They can't do this without legislative action by the Congress. But let's talk about what they're trying to do with this latest proposal, Pat, which is they're trying to force on the American people electric cars by raising these carbon emission standards, which are not meetable. And 81% of the people in this country are very happy with their fuel-generated cars, and only 19% want electric cars. So what are you going to do to to stop the EPA from doing this? Yeah, so it's a great question. So we've actually been out in front uh, leading against that. I mean, when I hear that they're trying to make two-thirds of the cars in our country electric vehicles by 2032, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that's just not going to happen. First of all, how are you going to power uh, these electric cars? Right now, when you think about electricity, well, it just doesn't grow on trees. You need baseload power. You need coal. You need natural gas. You need the existing fossil fuels. And these guys don't seem to have any clue about that. And if they keep pushing in this direction, it's going to have an incredibly destructive impact across the country. And it's also going to really harm America's energy security and independence uh, because it's going to make us even more dependent on the resources and components that can only come from abroad. And so on so many levels, this doesn't just target 
West Virginia and rural America, but there's going to be a lot of people hurting in New York and the metropolitan area and across the country if this thing goes in. So I'm going to continue to lead broad efforts with my colleagues to oppose this. Right now, we're working on comment letters. That's kind of the prelude to the lawsuits uh, because it's a proposed rule, and we expect to be in court uh, sometime later on this year on this. I think we've got a really strong argument that this is not authorized under the statute, and I think we're going to win just like the way we've been winning uh, many times against this Biden administration. And everybody, we are talking to the current attorney general of West Virginia, Pat Morrissey, and uh, former governor David Patterson has a question for you. I was wondering, uh, Mr. Attorney General, about your gubernatorial campaign and uh, how you plan on running it and, uh, you know, in, which would be next year, right? Yeah, yes. So uh, the primary for the governor's campaign in West Virginia is May of 2024. And, you know, I took the time to really consider what I wanted to do. And then I just announced a couple weeks ago, first of all, anyone listening could take a moment to go on my webpage. It's patrickmorrissey.com. That's two R's, one S, patrickmorrissey.com. Learn more about me. I'll learn more about the records that I bring to bear. Governor, uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time focusing on my record of fighting and winning for West Virginia and our country, we've had incredible victories of fighting against the uh, federal agencies that are trying to step all over our jobs. We've won the broadest school choice law defense in the country because we want to increase our educational attainment in the states. We've actually secured the number one per capita rated opioid settlements in the country. That's really important because we need to make sure we help West Virginia because we're fighting a terrible battle right now. Originally, it was the legal pain pills that were coming into our state. Now we're seeing fentanyl coming to our state in droves, the raw ingredients from China coming over the border into Texas, and then right into West Virginia, where we have the highest fentanyl death overdose rate in the nation. Wow. As the next governor, we're going to push back even harder about that. We're going to get a designation of a weapon of mass destruction go to patrickmorrissey.com america should care about this because we have to go after the fact thank you thank you attorney general uh and uh we we will be talking to you again real soon again yeah wow keep fighting the good fight thanks so much great to be on with you You thank you so much thank you and i understand we got robert kennedy on the phone now yeah we do robert f kennedy jr the latest thing is he's up to 19 percent against uh joe biden and he's only been in the race a short bit of time. Uh, you are skyrocketing. Robert F. Kennedy running, of course, against President Biden uh, in the Democratic side. Biden just announced a few days ago you were just a little bit ahead of him and you are surging in the polls in a big in a big way. That's a big jump. How are you, Robert? It's great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. I'm good. Good to, good to talk to you again, Rita and John. It's been a long time. Really, really good to be back with you. And I, I want to just want make one note, which is a new poll just came out from Emerson College about uh, two or three hours ago, and it has me up to 21. So wow. That, um, so, so far, so good. What what do you attribute it to? I mean, a lot of people know you. You have been such a, I think, articulate. John and I, all of us, have had the honor to know you for a long time, Robert. 
and you have always fought so many great noble fights. What do you attribute you getting in just recently? And that's a big jump already in a short bit of time. You know, I really don't know. I, I think part of it is that I've been censored for three years and, you know, and, and I mean, I, I don't want to sound aggrieved because I don't feel that way, but I've been attacked pretty solidly by the mainstream media for three years and unable to answer. And I think over the past, you know, 10 days, I've been, I've showed up a lot of the media and they've let me unedited. And I think a lot of the people, um, you know, I began kind of remembering that I'm not really a crazy person and that I, uh, when they see me, I don't look like the, the mischaracterization. So that's, that may be the case. It may be that um, that people just want something different. I really don't know. Do you think also, Robert F. Kennedy, that it's also that you've always been an independent spirit? You're running as a Democrat, but you've also been very independent um, and speaking your mind. You talked about, you know, the book you recently did, but on different positions, you can't sort of check you into a box where there's some candidates who you go, okay, well, everything is political. You really speak from the heart and I think speak from your experience. Is that what makes you, I think, different and appealing to people right now in America? Well, I mean, my campaign is about trying to get people to forget that they're Democrats or Republicans and remember that we're all Americans and that we need to uh, focus on the values that we share in common rather than all of these issues that keep us apart. And I, you know, I, uh, I will talk to anybody. So I will go on Fox news. I talk on the Republican networks. I talk to, I will talk to anybody. And I've always done that when I, you know, during the 30 years, I was kind of a leading environmental figure in this country. I, I was the only environmentalist who went on Fox news because I think that we've got to talk to people with whom we disagree. Otherwise, we're not going to find common ground. And how can we how can we persuade them if we're not if we're just talking within our own bubble? Um, in doing that, I have never compromised my values. I still have the, the values that I grew up with. You know, the, the Democratic Party of Robert Kennedy or John Kennedy um, that's against censorship, that is against war, that is against Wall Street and the corporations merging with the state and government power and this kind of corrupt collusion that is hollowing out the American middle class. I don't like the way that the neocons govern. I don't want America to be an imperial state abroad and a surveillance state at home. I want a clean environment that gives our children the same opportunities for dignity and enrichment and prosperity and good health as the communities that our parents gave us. And I feel and I want to be proud of my country and I want my children to grow up in a country that they can be proud of the way that I was growing up in the United States of America in the 1960s and 70s. That this is an exemplary nation that we we exercise a moral authority around the world. That means leadership and not bullying um, and not, you know, doing everything at the barrel of a gun. But instead, leading through, you know, through leadership and through example. Yeah, so, beautifully um, said. Beautiful. And everybody, we're talking to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. here on Cats and Cosby. Governor Patterson, you have a quick question for him. Uh, so, uh, as you know, whenever you primary an opponent, uh, there's going to be a sentiment that you might be hurting the opponent's chance of winning should you lose the primary. 
But I think in this case, it might re- really the um, support you're getting might just be a reaction to the fact that the um, the situation is dire. And when it becomes dire, you have to throw out the political calculations and think about what's right as opposed to what's uh, political or what's expedient. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not running a mean-spirited campaign against Joe Biden. I've been friends with Joe Biden for 40 years. I'm grateful for his service to our country, his family's service to our country. But I just disagree fundamentally with him on where the country's going. I don't want uh, Wall Street running the country. I don't want the neocons running our foreign policy. I don't like censorship. I think I'm skeptical about war. I think we ought to be looking to settle the Ukraine. Are you concerned, Robert, are you concerned, because we only got a minute left, are you concerned what's going on in Washington? We, Washington, the White House has lost all respect amongst our, our old allies. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is 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 just the bullying. If you look, you know, we've spent, John, $8 trillion since the Iraq war on blowing up bridges, uh, hospitals, universities, <laughs> roads, and ports. The, Chi- the Chinese during that same period spent $8 trillion building roads and hospitals and ports, and now they are eating our lunch in those countries. Those countries are looking to China for leadership and not us. And the neocon strategy that the way to lead the world and establish American hegemony is through weapons of war and bullying simply is not working. That's what my uncle John Kennedy understood. There are more statues, there are more roads, universities, institutions, boulevards in Africa named for John Kennedy than any other president. Because okay, we, we got to take a break because we got another, uh, and we want to talk to you again next week if you're available. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and find yeah. out your thoughts. By the way, I'm sure he's going to be surging in the polls even more. He's rising there. Wow. Great to have you on. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you, Rita. Thank you, John. Thank you, Governor Patterson. Thank you, Robert. Great to have you here. Now let's go to... uh, We've got Michael Goodwin. Wow. Um, Michael Goodwin, great to have you here on the show. Of course, the Pulitzer Prize winning New York Post columnist. And Michael, we were just talking to RFK Jr., as you heard here, who is doing well in the polls against Biden. You just wrote a column saying voters say no to Biden, uh, but Joe is intent on finishing... Parentheses, awful job. Um, you know what? I, I don't know if you saw this new headline. I got to ask you about it. Um, that's just kind of was breaking a few minutes ago. Biden was at an event and, um, uh, basically it was with kids and the kids, it's a take your child to work day. And he was saying the last country I visited was, uh, 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 and a young child had to interject and say, Ireland. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what is your reaction? It's making tons of headlines that he couldn't remember. And this is like the country of his family. This is his ancestry. Well, that's the classic one, right? You can remember what happened 30 years ago, but you can't remember what you had for breakfast. Um, that's sort of the Joe Biden thing, although he makes up the stuff from 30 years ago, too. That's the problem in his case. <laughs> Look, I, I think there are so many uh, areas where Joe Biden raises concern uh, about his uh, mental capacities. And it's not a cruel thing to say that. It's not prejudice against his age or anything. There are lots of I know a good number of people in their late 80s already, early 90s even, and they're a lot sharper than he is. Uh, I mean, the, the pauses, the, the, 
the gibberish he sometimes spews out, the things he says that are simply factually so far from correct and that everybody knows they're wrong. So when he goes and gives a speech and says things about, you know, I had to fix inflation when I got here. There were no vaccines when I got here. I mean, all of these things are they're, they're just nonsense or patently absurd. And so the president cannot be taken at his word. His word is often confusing, but even when it's clear, it, it's not straight. So I think there are a lot of issues with his age and forgetting what country he was in last week is, a, you know, it's just a reminder, I think, of the of the bigger problem. Yeah, big time. This is Governor Patterson. You got a question for Michael so, Goodwin. Michael, I don't know that you've really established that Joe Biden is too old because I think that he used to make statements like that 35 years ago in 1988 <laughs> when he ran for president. But right. what, but I, what I was interested in is if you're 80 years old and you're trying to show that you're young and you're vibrant, why don't why would you film your your announcement? Why wouldn't you do it live where there are people where you're interacting with other people? I thought that was a terrible mistake. His, his presidential announcement that he did earlier yeah, this week. Which, which they released, I think, at 6 a.m. or something. Yeah, when he's yeah. never awake. Yeah, so, uh, and as I wrote in the column, it was it was easy to do. You can you can do a voiceover. You don't need to get it right the first time. You can rehearse it and repeat it and repeat it until you get an acceptable product. Uh, and I think that's what they did. And, and they had to know that we would be having this conversation about it. But I think the White House uh, believes it can get away with it. Michael, that, it's, it's yes. Richard Weinberg. Did they get away with the cue cards, with the Q&A that they gave to the captive members of the media? Yeah, the cheat asked, sheet. The cheat sheet. They, yeah, they had to, look, I, I mean, mean, how many times has that happened, right? That the reporters are pre-selected. Biden has the list of who I'm supposed to call on. They're pre-selected. This time he had the question in advance. I mean, we've seen the cheat sheet that says, you take your seat. Right. You, <laughs> Your name you, is yeah. President Biden. <laughs> yeah. Look, so, you know, strictly speaking, it's not a matter of age. Um, it is a matter of competency in this in the sense of uh, capacity. And I to me, this is a dangerous situation. Also, I would just say a, a misreading. So just quickly, when he said yesterday that uh, I'm not uh, what he said, I'm not worried about China. Um, he should be. Uh, is, is that a function of age? Is that a function of his family's business deals in China? But how can the president of the United States right now say, I'm not worried about China? They just flew a spy balloon over our country. They're, they're hemming us in. They're, they're moving into the Mideast. I mean, they're working the, the Russia alliance. They're working with Iran. And, I mean, well, how today can you not be worried? Argentina announced that they're doing business. Forget about Brazil. Brazil last week, this week, Argentina. Scary. Sure. I mean, there's no there's no question they intend to try to replace the dollar as a reserve currency. Now, that's probably a long time project. But look, things are moving very quickly. China is making a move. This is a historic move for Ch with China's aggression around the world. And so for the president to say, I'm not worried about China, that then calls into question to me an, another dimension of his capacity issues. You know why it wasn't on his cue card, Michael Goodwin. That's yeah. why. No, no, no rehearsal. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you, Michael Goodwin. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again real soon. 
right. Thank you all. Thank and you. thank you. And uh, Judge Weinberg, Governor, Governor Patterson, Rita, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.